Well, again, happy Mother's Day to all of our moms. Uh, and if you are not a mother, it's yeah, that's going. we got one like that. Um, <laughs> if if yeah, we got four like that, if, if you're not a mother, uh, then you need to pick up the phone today. If you're not sitting beside your mom, and call her and tell her that you love her and that you're sorry. Uh, it doesn't matter what you're sorry for. Just apologize and say I'm so sorry. Uh, and for those of you who have lost a mother. Uh, I feel your pain, and I hope today is just filled with incredible memories and, and a place where you could feel uh, you know, some loss and, and a void on a day like today. I pray that God just kind of comes in and fills that space, and it's a, it's a day of celebration. Today, we are going to continue uh, the series that we've been on for a while. It's called Breathing Room, um, where we're looking at kind of creating space for life. It's the idea that we're looking at a rhythm for how we should live. How do we live in ways that honor God and where we can find peace? You know, all of us are so busy and we're so stressed. And so how do we live in this, uh, in this world and in this time? And, and we're going to turn in your Bibles, if you've got a Bible with you, to Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Probably doesn't sound like a Mother's Day text if you're familiar with this passage. But I think that we're going to kind of work our way back around to a spot where it, it hopefully will make sense today. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, beginning in verse 1. Um, If you don't have a Bible, it'll be up on the screen. You can read it on a tablet or phone or something that you've got with you. Feel free to do that. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, beginning in verse 1. This is what it says. For everything there is a season, and a time for every matter under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to seek, a time to lose, a time to keep, a time to cast away, a time to tear and a time to sow, a time to keep silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. Today we're talking a little bit about seasons. We're talking about seasons of time and everybody in the room's in a different season of life. I realize that. Uh, and even if you were in a recent season, you may be in a different season now. And so we're going to talk about that a little bit, especially mothers. Mothers are in different seasons of life throughout the room. Um, and I get the honor and privilege today of sharing the stage with my wonderful, lovely wife and the mother of our four children, Miss Corey. Well, we all are. Well, thank you. Absolutely. <laughs> We all are in different seasons of life as mothers, but I want to take the chance to honor you today. So if you are a first time, if this is your first Mother's Day, whether you are expecting a child or you have a newborn or a baby, and this is your first Mother's Day, will you stand today? Don't be embarrassed. Go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. Happy Mother's Day, Crystal. Absolutely. If you are a mother of a toddler to preschool age, would you stand to us, those front ages where you're wiping crowns off the wall? There's one. Yeah, a couple there. Potty training, those those mothers of those toddlers. All right, if you are a mother of a grade school age child, you're making lunch boxes and getting things together every morning, and sometimes it all seems for naught. Would you stand with us today? Keep standing if once you've stood. We honor you today as a mother of a grade schooler. If you are in some of the happiest years of your life, If you are parenting those precious, precious, sent from God middle schoolers, would you stand today? There is no greater age in all the world. And you know I'm kidding if you're raising a middle schooler right now. If you have precious teenagers, which are dear to my heart, would you stand this morning if you're a mom of teenagers in high school? Would you stand? We honor you today. 
If you are in the empty nest stage of your life and you've got parent, you're a parent and mother of a college student or they are married, would you stand today? And everybody stay standing that's been yeah. standing. You can stand back we out there. Honor there you go. you today as mothers. And last, but certainly not least, some of the most important mothers in all the world, those precious grandmothers who are free child care to all of us mothers who feel like we're going to lose our mind. Would you stand, grandmothers, this morning? You are some of the best mothers we have, and we honor you this morning. Thank you for being here. If you're like me, um, you're probably dressed the part. I got up this morning, and I came with wet hair. And I have coffee spilled all over me and some donuts on this side of my but leg. But man, she makes one. it look good. So don't worry if you're a little dressed apart. But I did get to convince Jeremy to let me share um, some of my most prized possessions with you today. I find myself in many seasons um, of the stages of life that I just named. And for some of you, you know that we have four children. But you may not know who they are. So you're about to experience something um, worth your time this morning. You're about to meet all four of our children. They're about to get on this stage, all four of these precious guys together. They are my pride and joy. This Kinley. is Kinley. Kinley, you want to come to this side? Hey, Kin- Kinley. <laughs> hey, Kinley, you want to come over here? Oh, perfect. Will you stand right there for me? Awesome. Do you have the microphone? This is Cooper. Or, well, I just told him your name. Will you tell him who you are? Cooper. And how old are you? Nine. Cooper is our oldest, our firstborn. If you're an oldest, you know the responsibility that comes with that. Can I get an amen for all the oldest in the room? Yes. You know what? I believe that it wasn't by accident that God gave me Cooper first. He is a perfect older brother, and I'm thankful to have him. You're a good guy, dude. I'm glad Jesus gave you to me. This is, who are you? Branson. What did it say a little louder? Branson. And how old are you, Branson? Seven. Branson is seven. And even though he's not smack dab in the middle, he's who we like to call our middle child. He is peace lover. Um, he keeps us all straight in our home. We know one day he's going to be a missionary. He tells us all the time. He wants to tell people around the world about Jesus. And sometimes he comes home and he says he asked three people today if they had Jesus in their heart. So he's our little preacher guy. And we are proud of him, and we love you so much. And I'm so glad Jesus gave you to me, Branson. I don't know what's going on over here. So you just keep doing it, Kinley. What is your name? Tucker. And how old are you? Four. And, and Tucker's supporting this, this great, black, shiny eye this morning. Isn't it lovely? He's our tough little guy here. You can just look at Tucker and figure out his little personality. He's as mischievous as they come. He's rough and tumbly and wild, but you can't help but love him. Just look at him. And I'm so glad Jesus gave you to me third. I love you. And this, oh my, this is, what is your name? Kinley. And how old are you? Two. You're two? Oh, and Ken, this is Kinley. And you would think with all of these brothers that she would be tough. Are you tough? No, she's girly. <laughs> Can you do one of your spins for me? Can you do a dance? Oh, and she said earlier she wanted to sing you a song. Do you want to sing a song? Okay, go ahead. Duck, Miss Duffins. Duck, Miss Duffins. Come, let the magic begin. Duck, Miss Duffins. Oh, yes. Isn't that good? She brings so much joy to our home. And I'm so glad Jesus lets me be her mommy. Okay, thank you guys so much. You all are awesome. Oh, she's, yes, absolutely. Oh, go ahead. Spin for us, Kinley. Good. Oh, very good. Very good. Okay, I think it's time. 
I think you can go. Good job. You wave bye to everybody. Bye. <laughs> bye, <on> baby. <laughs> we'll never get her off the stage again. Nope. Those are my, that's my pride and joy. And there is no greater calling than I feel in all of the world than that as a wife and a mother. And I'm so thankful that they are the reason I get to stand up here today and talk to mothers. And it is an honor for me that God entrusted those little ones to me. But each of us find ourselves in different seasons of life. And seasons didn't just start when we were mothers. They started years before that as we begin to learn who we are and, and what we know about God. And so today, Jeremy has kind of let me off the hook. I didn't have to prepare some big message for you today. I get to share from my heart about that of being a mother and some of the seasons of life today as we talk about seasons. I grew up in a single-parent home. If you are a single mother, God bless you. I have no idea how my mom survived it all. She raised three girls. I am the middle of those three girls, and I have my mom and my younger sister here today, which is such an honor for me, and I'm glad they're with us today. But my mom was a single mom, and she worked so incredibly hard. But as a single mom... There were always shortcomings in finances, and if you're a single mom, that's probably the same true for you. There was a season of life where I remember my mom was working so hard, but money was just tight. And she always did such a great job at kind of shielding us and protecting us from that. But there was a time, it was when we went to church, when it was dark. We used to have Sunday night church. Um, we don't have that here. Most of you probably don't attend Sunday night church anymore, but when I was growing up, we did. And I remember going into church one Sunday night, and we drove this beat-up car. My mom will probably laugh about it. The, the headlights were duct taped on to the front of the car. I kid you not. It is hilarious. You can laugh about it. This is not a sob story. This is funny. But the headlights were duct taped onto that front of that car. And all four of us girls got out and went into church like it was no an ordinary Sunday night. And when we came out of the car, we couldn't see into the window of our vehicle. And as we got closer, I was probably seven or eight. And as we got a little closer, I kept thinking, what? It's in the car. I remember it so very vividly. And I'm sure my mom could tell you even more details than I. So we got closer to the car, and as we opened the car door, that car, I kid you not, was filled from the very bottom floorboard to the top of those windows, filled with groceries. Now, that doesn't seem like a big deal to a lot of us, but for me, it was in that moment, in that season of my life, where God began to reveal to me who he is. It was in that season of life where I remember going, this has taught me about the provision of God. And I was seven years old. Now, you may find yourself in seasons of life that you're not all too excited to be in. I'm sure that is a season in time that my mom wishes she could go back and erase, and that wasn't part of the story. But for me, I wouldn't change that memory, that moment, that season for anything in me. Because now I can stand here today and say in that season of life, it is when God began to teach me about who he was and who he is and who he will always be to me and for me. God is provider. So whatever season you find yourself in today, can I please tell you that whether it's the most joyous season you've ever been in in your life, that it's a season God has entrusted to you, and that even, and you may be in a season in your life where it's not a season of life you're very proud of as a mom. You feel like you're failing doing your job, that you're not doing what God has called you to do or to be. Can I tell you that you're off the hook? 
that all you can be responsible for is to strive to serve a godly life. And that in those seasons of life where you don't feel like you're doing a good job, God may be trying to teach those little ones that live in your home or those big ones that watch the way you live something about the very nature of who he is. You may find yourself in a season of life where you don't have a job today. And it may be a season that you can't stand. But it may be a season of time where your kids are watching you and how you trust in God. It may be a season of time where God is telling those, teaching those kids, I'm God, your provider. That he might be showing up on your behalf just for your children. You might find yourself in a season of time where you are exhausted, worn out, raising newborns, and God wants to teach you that he's God, your sustainer in this season. That he's God, your strength in this season. That he'll never leave you or forsake you in whatever season you find yourself in. You may be in an awkward season of time where your kids are married or getting married. And you used to be the primary voice in their life. You used to be the one that could speak into their life and they listened to you. And now you take second place. And you're trying to figure out where do I stand in all of this. And it may be a moment in time where God is trying in this season to teach you something and to teach those babies around you, grown or small, something about the very nature of who he is. You know, I stand before you today honored that God trusts me with these four little ones I just showed you. And regardless of what season you find yourself in, whether it is happy times in your life or whether you're confused about what's going on in the season of life you find yourself in, it's really cool to me that God trusts you with this season of time. He trusts you with these, these moments. He trusts you for, the, for what's coming ahead and what you're teaching. And it's not by happenstance that you find yourself in these moments. But God trusts you with them, and he can be trusted with them as well. I heard a, a guy say one time, don't confuse who you are with where you are now. This is just where you are now. And for so many of us, sometimes we fall guilty of trying to define ourselves, the who we are, by where we are. And we have to understand that there are just seasons of time where those two things don't match up. That the where we are doesn't accurately depict who we actually are. And so there may be a season right now, like Corey talked about, where you just, you just don't love this season. You don't love where you're at. There's some things going on that if you were writing the story, this is not the way that you would write the story. Well, guess what? Where you are is not who you are. It's just where you are now. This is just the season of time that you find yourself in. Maybe you're single in the room and you desperately want to be in a relationship. You want to be married. You think you want to be married, whatever. But you just go, man, I, I would give anything to be in a relationship, to be in a really solid relationship, to be married and to, to you know, all the things we're talking about. And sell, I, I want to be in that kind of environment. I want to be in that season of life. And so maybe this season is one where you think you are defined by where you are. Maybe you're defined by this pursuit of who is Mr. or Mrs. Right for you. And maybe what God would be saying to you in this season is don't be totally committed to finding Mr. or Mrs. Right, maybe be committed to becoming Mr. or Mrs. Right. Maybe this season of time for you is more about what God wants to do in you to create in you who he wants you to be so that when the day comes in another season of time that you'll be ready 
Because if it happened right now, you may not be ready. You may think you're ready, but maybe God knows that you're not ready. And Corey summed it up so beautifully. Maybe you're a mom or dad in the room and you're exhausted. We can relate to that. If we just keep hitting that button all the time, it's because it just comes naturally. You know, you're tired. You're, you're doing a lot of things. You're trying to, you know, get your kids all these different experiences. You want them to have fun. You want them to do well in school. You want them to play sports or be at dance recitals or whatever it is that your kids do. And, and you're just tired and you're exhausted. Guess what? That's not who you are. It's just where you are now. Maybe you would give anything to be in a season where you were exhausted from running the kids around, but they're out of the house now, or they're grown, or they've got their license, and you don't see them as much as you don't see them, and that's not who you are. It's just where you are now, and so the idea is that this is a season, and if you love the season you're in, just understand that it's a season. If you hate the season you're in, understand that it is just a season. This is the current season that you're in. You know, the writer of Ecclesiastes said that there's a time to dance. We have dance contests in our house. I'm usually the judge because I don't dance real well. So I'm kind of the judge that gets to critique them. He stays in the hitch pose. You know, yeah, right. Ten and two, you just kind of hang right here, just live at home, you know. So, like, we have those. And listen, if, if you're reading that and you're in a season of dancing, man, dance with all your might. Just, just celebrate and be excited and live in those joyful moments. But it also says that there's a time to mourn. Don't rush that. You know, if you have something to mourn or grieve about, whether it's loss of actual persons or a relationship or jobs or something like that, you're in a season of mourning. Don't rush that. Understand that this is a season of time and it's probably that God wants to do something in this season of mourning that if you rush through it, you may lose or miss out on something that God wants to do in you during this season of mourning so that when you get to a season of dancing, you've got a better story to tell. My grandparents... They have a a bucket list. Maybe you've heard of this idea. Bucket list is something you want to do before you kick the bucket, right? They want to visit all 50 states. I think that's a dumb bucket list thing, but they want to visit all 50 states. I think they've done 44. They want to do all 50. Maybe you have some bucket list items. Maybe you want to jump out of an airplane. Uh, Maybe you just want to be in an airplane. You're scared to death to do that. Maybe, Maybe you want to travel somewhere. Maybe you want to pick up a new craft or a new trader. There's something about your life, something that you want to accomplish, something that you want to do, an experience that you want to have, and it's a part of your bucket list. It's a part of something you want to achieve or accomplish or do before you die. But guess what? You don't have to wait to do those things, nor do you have to rush to do those things, because it's not necessarily about trying to do those things before you die. Again, the writer of Ecclesiastes was on to this idea that there are seasons, but he's not the only writer in scriptures that understood that there was a beginning and an ending point to the aspect of time. In Job 14 and 5, it says, A man's days are numbered. You know the number of his months. He cannot live longer than the time that you have set. Psalm 39, 4 and 5 says, Lord, remind me how brief my time on earth will be. Remind me that my days are numbered, how fleeting my life is. You have made my life no longer than the width of your hand. My entire lifetime is just a moment to you. At best, each of us is but a breath. Now, this is not intended to be morbid. I'm not here today to talk about dying, and this is not to live like you're dying, and Sean's going to come back and sing a Tim McGraw song, and we're going to get really depressed. and Like, that's not what it is. Whatever a full man shoe is, I don't know, but we're not going to talk about that today. Today's not about that. Today's not about dying and it's not about making sure you get a bunch of things done before you die. Today is an understanding that time is the only finite thing that we have. What I mean by that is it's not an unlimited resource. Now, for some of us in the room, you may think that money is also a finite resource. There's never enough money. But guess what? That's not true. 
you can get another job. Maybe you get a better job. Money comes in, money comes out. God is provider. And so no doubt you can, you can get or, or acquire more money if you needed to. Even our affection, which is often used as something that's finite, it can, be, it can be limited, but it can also be unlimited. You get to choose who and how you spend your affection and how you give and receive affection. But time is something that's finite. It is not infinite. And what we understand about that, and what I mean by that, is I'm talking about our relationship to time. Because there is 24 hours in a day. It doesn't matter how many things are on your to-do list. You get to the end of that 24 hours, it's got to roll over to tomorrow. There's seven days in a week. There are 365 days in a year. There are a certain number of seconds or minutes or hours in a day, and they are finite. They are limited. And so what you can do in a specific day is limited to the time that we have been given. It's finite. It's something that is limited. And so we have to understand that we have to choose wisely how we spend our time. There's an app that will depress most parents. It's, it's created by some guys at a company called Orange. Orange is a ministry company that uh, helps to partner with churches to provide curriculum for children's ministry and student ministries to help partner with parents in the discipleship of their children. And they have something called a Legacy Countdown app. Legacy Countdown app, if you would like to get that. And what you do when you download this app is you go in and you put in the graduation date or the birth date of your children. You can do it for one child, four children. You can do it for your grandkids. And then what it does is it starts counting down the number of minutes, the number of days, the number of weeks that you have until your children graduate from high school. Now, some of you are past that. And so I understand that that may not uh, work well for you. But I downloaded this app and then I immediately deleted it because it so depressed me, the idea that, that I was limited now. I think, okay, Cooper's nine and Branson's seven. Tucker will be five this next week and Kinley's two. And so I'm thinking, man, they're so young. And many of you have said to me, man, it goes by so fast. And I believed you. I didn't think you were a liar. Some of you are liars, but I didn't think you were lying about that. But I understood that, man, they're so small. They're nine and seven and almost five and two. And then I look at this app on my phone that starts counting down. And I realize that I have just a few weeks left with Cooper. Just a few months, really, left with Cooper. Just a breath. Just the width of God's hand left before these kids graduate from high school and they move out, hopefully, right? That's the plan. And they do Branson their own. Says Branson, says, Branson says he's going to live in our house forever. Yeah. But, you know, the idea that I just have a moment with them. It's limited. My time with them, my ability to influence them and be a primary voice. And it doesn't just... It doesn't just get to the moment that they graduate where I lose influence. I understand that. I'm losing more and more influence as days go by with each of these kids. But the idea that my moments with them are limited. It is a finite resource. And if I understand that, it changes the way I spend my time. If I understand that no matter what season of life I'm in, the seasons that I love, the seasons that I hate, the seasons that I'm excited about, the seasons that I love to dance and celebrate, the seasons that I know I'm in mourning, it changes the way I spend my time when I understand that it is a finite resource. I cannot get it back. It's a challenging idea for me to understand. So the question for all of us today is how will I spend my time? You know, God created the heavens and the earth. And when he created the heavens and the earth, he divided it into day and night. And then there were seasons that came about. There was winter, spring, summer, and fall. The idea being that in certain seasons, the flowers bloom. 
And in other seasons, those same flowers wither. And here's what you and I do. We get in a hurry. But the reality for all of us is this. You cannot sow and reap in the same season. You can't sow and reap in the same season. We want to because we want to see immediate results. But the reality for all of us is that in some seasons, it's a season where we will not see the fruit of our labor. We just have to put seed in the ground and water it and take care of it. And there are things that Corey and I are attempting to pour into these kids that we've been given that we may not see the fruit of for years and years and years to come. Because you can't sow and reap in the same season. Maybe you're in a season of reaping. Maybe you're in a season right now where you're seeing the fruit of things. But guess what? It's not because of what you just did last Thursday. There were some things poured into those relationships, into those people, into that time that you're just now seeing the fruit of. My aunt talked about this idea recently. When she said, you know, I I pursued a PhD. This was her talking. I pursued a PhD when my kids were really young. And now would be the perfect time for me to do that. Because they're they're grown. They're out of the house. And, And now I've got nothing but free time. But there were moments in their early childhood where I was pursuing a degree... And I had to say no to them in order to say yes to writing a paper. And, and I've lived that. You know, I, I, I went back to school several years ago and got my undergrad degree. And f- as soon as I finished, I was in school mode. So I jumped in and I got my master's in theological studies. And, and right about the end of that program, I was looking ahead and I'm going, okay, I'm going to get my PhD now. I, I, I'm, going, I'm going to get it at some point. But I, at that moment, I was like, I'm going to go ahead and do this. But I realized pretty quickly that this was probably not the season of time where I needed to make that decision because in this season, to say yes to that process would mean saying no to being able to coach those three boys that you just saw standing on the stage just a minute ago. I coached all three of their baseball teams this spring. It was chaos, but there's no, it was absolute chaos, but there's no way I could have done that if I was involved in an educational pursuit that of, of that high caliber. I, I want to be at the dance recitals. And and I know know there are people, even in this room and other people that I so respect, that said, you can do it. And they've been able to do it. But I know for me, there's no way that I could do that. And understanding that I'm saying no in this season, but a no now doesn't mean a no forever. It just means a no for now. That I can say no now in this season and understand that there comes a season where I might be able to say yes to that. And so there may be things in this season of life that you find yourself in where you have to say no. Or there may be a season right now where you get to say yes to a lot of really great, fun things. And it's probably because you said no in previous seasons and you invested in some other things with your time and your energy and your resources. And now you are reaping the benefits of that. I want to show you a really cool video as we kind of wrap up our time today. There's a guy by the name of Kevin Durant. Um, He's a basketball player in the NBA. And he, just over this last week, he won... The, the award as the most valuable player for the National Basketball Association. I don't know if you're a basketball fan. Even if you're not, I think you're going to get something out of this video. But this past week, he was accepting the award as the MVP of the NBA. That means he was the best player all year long. He plays on the Oklahoma City Thunder. And he's a great basketball player. He played at the University of Texas. He's a great Christian. He, he, he's involved in a local church there in Oklahoma. He's also involved in a local church in New York City when, he, when he's there during the offseason. But he's a great Christian guy. And, and I want to show you a video that I think will help to tell a little bit of his story, but it'll also help us to kind of wrap up our time today. Let's turn our attentions to the screen. And, and last, my mom.
I don't think you know what you did. You had my brother when you were 18 years old. Three years later, I came out. We were stacked, the odds were stacked against us. Single parent with two boys by the time you were 21 years old. Everybody told us we weren't supposed to be here. We moved from apartment to apartment by ourselves. One of the best memories I had is when we moved into our, our first apartment. No, no bed, no furniture. And we just all sat in, in the living room and just hugged each other. Because we, that's what we, we thought we made it. And when, you, when something good happens to you, I don't know about you guys, but I tend to look back to what brought me here. And you wake me up in the middle of the night in the summer times, making me run up a hill, making me do push-ups, screaming at me from the sideline of my games at eight or nine years old. We wasn't supposed to be here. You made us believe. You kept us off the street, put clothes on our backs, food on the table. When you didn't eat, you made sure we ate. You went to sleep hungry. You sacrificed for us. You the real MVP. My favorite part of that video is when he's looking back and he's talking about the day that they moved into their first apartment. He said, we sat in the living room floor. We didn't have a bed. We didn't have furniture. He said, we just held each other because we thought we'd arrived. Kevin Durant will make approximately $17.8 million playing basketball this year. That doesn't include any tennis shoe that he sells, any endorsement dollar. That's just for shooting a basketball. And I don't slight him for that at all. But it's interesting to me that in this season of time, that he's looking back to a different season of time. And he's remembering that in that season, they thought they'd made it because they had an apartment. No bed, no furniture. They just had each other in their apartment. And now he's in a different season looking back and he's able to realize that who they were back there wasn't actually who they were. It's just where they were then. That's how seasons work. That's how seasons work. He's in a different season now. I'm sure mama gets a pretty good place to live. You know, he, he's able to look back. And you may be in a season now where you just need to look back and remember where God brought you from. Maybe you're in a season now where you just need to look ahead. And when you look ahead, you actually get to look around and you get to see that there are people who have walked a similar journey that you're on right now. And you don't know how you get there, 
but they got there. And so you know you can get there. And you're in a season now where you don't know how it's going to work out, but you're just praying and believing that God's going to help you get to that next season. So here's the question for all of us today. There's actually two questions that I think we kind of close with. What season are you in? Are you in a season of dancing? Are you in a season of mourning? Are you in a season of celebration? Or maybe there's not a whole lot to celebrate right now. Here's here's what all of us get to do. We get to ask this question. What can I sow in this season so that I can reap something in the next season? You get to decide that. If maybe you're in a season that you don't love, if you sow bitterness and hate, if you're constantly looking at other people going, why can't I have what they have? Guess what you get to reap when you get to the next season? Bitterness and hate and resentment. Because whatever you plant is what you get. But if in this season you just, you just sow trust and faith and belief and hope, You say, I I don't have a lot to hang it on, but I'm just going to hope and believe. When you get there, you have the moral authority to look back and thank God that he brought you to this season. What season are you in? And what can you sow in this season that you'll get to reap? You can't sow and reap in the same season. Don't be in a hurry. Understand that God ordained time in seasons. What what words with your mouth are you sowing into the relationships of your life? Because I've got these four kids. I know she used a lot of language like they were hers, but they're mine too. Right? I realized it's not Father's Day for a little while, but I'm at least half responsible for them, right? And I've got these four kids. And if I choose with my mouth to sow into them how bad they are and how much they disappoint me and how much they let me down and how they'll never amount to anything and how, man, when they fail, it's a a matter of who they are, not what they did. You know what I'm going to reap in another season? I'm going to reap that back. But if I choose in this moment to say, listen, you're two and you stood on the stage longer than we had planned for you so that you could bow and curtsy, if that's what it's called, No, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to celebrate the heck out of that. And I'm going to take that picture and I'm going to blow it up and I'm going to put it on my digital frame on my desk. And I'm going to remind her in a different season about the first time she stood on this stage and shared her story and told her name and danced and sang for the people. Because that's what I want to reap in another season. And it doesn't have to be about your kids. Maybe you don't have kids. Maybe you are single. Listen, this season could be about you. It could be about what God's creating in you. About you becoming Mr. Right, Mrs. Right, and not just looking for Mr. Right or Mrs. Right. Sow good seed into fertile soil in your heart and allow God to mold and shape in you all that he wants you to be so that in another season you can reap that in the fulfillment of a relationship It's not two broken halves coming together trying to make one whole because that never works. 
but about two whole people who have pursued God with all of their heart coming together and one plus one equaling one. This is a season. What are you sowing in this season so that you can reap it in another? If you'll bow your heads and close your eyes just for a moment, I just want us to pray to close out our time together today. God, I thank you so much for the finite resource of time. For the resource that we have that sometimes we don't spend so wisely. But I pray today, God, that we would understand that our time is valuable. It's actually the most valuable commodity that we have. And that, God, we would take that time and we would invest it into things that reap a great return. That we would invest it into our kids. We would invest it into ourselves. We would invest it into things that reap good return. Not into things that are fleeting. Not in things that don't matter. That God, we would understand the season of time that we're in. And that God, we would be excited about that season. We would understand that this is not who we are. It's just where we are now. And we wouldn't rush it. But we would take every moment of that season. And ask you to accomplish everything that you want to do in that season. So that when we get into another season, we are all that you want us to be. With every head bowed and every eye closed today and nobody's looking around. If you would say to me, Jeremy, I need you to pray for me because I'm in a season I don't want to be in. I I don't love the season I'm in and I just need God to help me to understand that maybe it is a passing season. And would you just pray for me? Would you just lift your hand? You can put it right back down. Thank you so much. A lot of hands. If you would say, Jeremy, I'm in a season either good or bad, but I need to be sowing good seed into that season because I want to reap a harvest down the road. I, I, need to, I need to change the way I'm talking. I need to change the things I'm doing to invest in me or in my family or my kids or on my job. I just need to change what I'm doing and sow good seed in because I want to reap good things down the road. Would you lift your hand? A lot of hands again. I want us to pray for these two these two needs. God, I pray now for every person that lifted their hand to say, I, I'm not in a season that I love. I'm in a season that I wish would end today. God, we understand that you are the writer of our story. Whether we've ever acknowledged that or not, your word tells us that you were writing a story before we showed up. You're writing a story now and long after we're gone. We're but a breath. Our our time, our life is limited. And so God, today I pray for every person that just, they don't love where they're at in life. God, help them to see that there is potential in these moments. No matter how hard it is to walk through, no matter how lonely they feel sometimes, no matter how discouraged they feel, God, would you just step into that season with them? Would they feel your presence? Would they know you're with them? Walk in this journey with them. God, let them be encouraged today because they know that you are with them. Help them to see what it is that you are accomplishing in them. And God, I pray for every person that raised their hand to say that they need to change how they're kind of sowing seed. They need to change the way that they're talking, the things that they're saying, the ways that they're investing. They need to really kind of get a better work ethic and work hard. They need to speak life into their kids and not death and not disappointment. They need to speak life into the relationships that they have, God. Help them to reap good things in another season because of the seed that they sow today. Let it begin now. God, we thank you for what you're going to do because you're a God that created time. You stand outside of time, but God, you created it. You gave it to us as a manner in which we should live. And I pray today for every person in this room 
that we would understand that we're living in a season. It's not who we are. It's just where we are now. God, let us live in ways that honor you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.